I think consumers, if anything, the last six to eight months of COVID has sort of taught us is that, yeah, you should be prepared for supply chain challenges. You should be prepared for shipping and logistics delays. So I think a lot of consumers were sort of pre-programmed themselves, if you like, to, to jump in a little bit early. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of the Retail Remix podcast. I know you had to wait a few extra days, but I promise it is worth it because I am sitting down with Peter Sheldon, the Senior Director of Commerce Strategy at Adobe. Whether you know him from Adobe or Magento or even his time at Forrester, I think we can all agree that Peter really knows his stuff. I always love talking with him about the latest retail trends and consumer behaviors. And in this case, Adobe's latest research about Thanksgiving weekend. And I know we all have been talking about the big digital shift, but Peter really digs into the long tail impact of COVID and more importantly, how mobile behaviors, couch commerce, and so much more have played a role in this staggering holiday weekend. So if you're looking for some great insights to guide your holiday strategies, some lessons learned, or even key areas of opportunity or investment, this conversation is perfect for you. Peter, thanks so much for taking the time. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us, Alicia. So I'm sure a lot, if not all of the folks listening to this episode right now, know who you are. You have such an extensive history in retail. But for those who don't, let's just start with a quick little introduction, a quick summary of who you are, and most importantly, the work you do with Adobe. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Peter Sheldon, and I head up commerce strategy at Adobe. So I came into the company about two and a half years ago as part of Adobe's acquisition of Magento Commerce. And prior to my life with Magento, I, I spent five years at Forrester Research where I covered all sort of trends in any commerce platform and technology. But really my, my role at Adobe today is very forward-looking, oversee uh, sort of general product strategies that relates to commerce and work very closely with our Adobe Analytics team on a lot of the data insights that we see from our retailers and, and retail customers. And so very excited to talk about that and share some of the, the data and insights that we're seeing happening live through, through the Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. And I always love talking with you, Peter, because you have obviously the context of the data that Adobe gathers, a lot of digital data that we're going to be getting into, but you always look at it through the lens of, I feel like, your analyst history, right? So you always go, I think, a few layers deeper than here's what's happening right now. It's, you know, how did past events impact current behaviors and what's to come and how can retailers prepare? So I think that's going to be very much the lens, so to speak, that we're going to be talking about a lot of topics today. So really appreciate you taking the time. So let's start, I guess, big picture, and then we can kind of dive right into the most recent weekend, which is, of course, Thanksgiving weekend, a really crucial weekend for a lot of retailers. But you and Adobe, of course, have been tracking online spending behaviors over the past several months. It's been interesting to see the updates and the progression of online shopping and mobile 
But curious, you know, taking this 5,000 foot view, have there been any key behaviors or trends that have remained consistent over this period, I guess, maybe starting in September or October period where you guys really started to keep a keen eye, so to speak, on consumer behaviors? Well, I think we actually have to go back a little bit earlier than just September. What we've seen is really, I might almost sort of refer to it as sort of the holidays came early. And what I mean by that is that for almost all online retailers, at least in the US, they started seeing, you know, not just traffic, but order volumes that were unprecedented for earlier in the year. So if we think back to May, June, July, we were seeing peaks during those seasons that were consistent to what retailers would normally see during the Thanksgiving weekend. And so this pivot and this shift from offline spend to online happened much, much earlier. And that trend has very much stayed consistent as we went through sort of the ramp up to the holidays. And obviously we'll talk about just, you know, how much you know significant growth we've seen. But but I think we've talked previously about these sort of billion dollar plus spend days that normally, you know, we would only see during sort of the Thanksgiving period, but we saw them become just sort of consistent, one of the mill standard behavior back in, in May, June and July. So it's been quite fascinating to just, you know, to watch that massive and very rapid pivot from spending offline to online as we went through the shutdowns early in the year. And at no point did the the pendulum sort of swing back. It wasn't a sort of temporary move. And and as we're currently experiencing with now sort of that second wave of the the virus and and more, you know, closures and shutdowns, if anything, the the pendulum is just continuing to swing in favor of uh, digital and and online spend. Awesome. And we are going to dig a lot deeper into that and that consistency or carry through, I guess you could say, of those early COVID days to what exactly happened Thanksgiving weekend. But first, I do want to go back to an update I know the Retail Touchpoints team received around online spending behaviors leading up to and during election season, because I I feel like these were two pretty ever-present forces or or narrative talking points, right? There was COVID and then the election season, what's going to happen, what are the potential scenarios, and how did these outcomes impact consumer sentiment and ultimately behavior. So so let's start with the election first, and then we can get into COVID. Adobe noted a bit of a spending slowdown immediately following the election, which I, I thought was interesting. And then things kind of picked back up. This topic, like the political impact of commerce, I guess you could say, is always fascinating to me. So I would love your take on if there were any ripple effects of this? Like, was this like just a blip in consumer spending because people were waiting for the outcomes and then it was business as usual? Or what what kind of happened there? Because I honestly, I, I can't really make a fair assessment of what the election impact was or if that's still to come. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I think consumer sentiment is very different from sort of Wall Street sentiment. And, and obviously, a lot of folk have been in, in Wall Street very much looking for sort of that election outcome. And, and you know, I think from a stock's perspective, Wall Street viewing this very positively in terms of the election outcome. But I think consumers aren't thinking along the, the same lines. I mean, I think what consumers are waiting for really wasn't so much necessarily the result of but more of the result of will there be further stimulus? You know, can they expect further stimulus checks in the post? And that, I think, you know, we saw this, that little, and I, and I would call it a blip, that little sort of drop off right after the election. I think they became clear to consumers that that's not something that they should be banking on. If it happens, it happens, but it's clearly not happened yet. And I don't know if anyone has any visibility as to, you know, whether a further stimulus bill will even happen. But before the holidays, it may well drag into, uh, you know, late December 
into January and even past the inauguration on the 20th of January. So I think there were maybe a few folks sort of holding back saying, hey, are we going to see further stimulus? But I think it's clear that not in time for grabbing the deals that have been available over the last few days and certainly probably not in time to influence any decisions around purchases that we're making for the holidays. So I think consumers are just sort of knuckling down, getting on with it and saying, well, hey, I'm going to spend based on an assumption that for now, there's not going to be any further stimulus. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of going back to their behaviors as usual, which coupled with the reality that we are dealing with a surge in new cases. And I mean, I'm in New Jersey and they're reassessing all of their safety guidelines right now. We're seeing a lot of schools go back to full-on virtual learning. So it's it's very much like the boomerang's coming back. So people are, are getting back into the habit, I feel like, going back to when we initially lockdown back in April and May, which of course ties to this this much bigger trend and ongoing discussion point, I think, in the industry at large. And that's, of course, the COVID impact. You noted earlier that the month of May was seeing Black Friday and Cyber Monday level online shopping activities and sales, and that digital prevalence and focus is still very much there. But let's get into the big headlines, the key things that really came out of Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, were there any surprises or results that maybe went against your prediction or, or reaffirmed your predictions? I always love to, to talk to folks around the initial predictions versus the outcomes. Like, what were the, the big headlines that came out of this? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Well, I, th- I think, you know, one of the key things is to look at the actuals, uh, you know, the data that we saw over the past weekend. So if we look at sort of what we were predicting, if we look at... Uh, Black Friday specifically, coming into this, we were predicting about $10.3 billion being spent online on, on Black Friday. And so the actual number was a little bit below that. So $9 billion spent on, on Black Friday was the, the actual. It's still an incredible jump from last year. So that represents you know 21% year-over-year growth from Black Friday 2019, which was $7.4 billion. So we jumped from 7.4 to 9, a little bit below our predictions, but we will talk momentarily about why that's the case. But still, you know, this Black Friday just passed is still the second largest spending day in U.S. His- or online spending day in U.S. history. So only superseded by last year, 2019, Cyber Monday. And we're fully expecting, obviously, today, Cyber Monday, as we as we talk, to become the, the largest online sales day in history. We're forecasting spending today to hit about $10.8 billion. So it's unprecedented. You know, if we think about this just from a scale perspective and look back on sort of Friday's, you know, shopping behaviors, U.S. consumers spent $6.3 million per minute on Black Friday and an average of $27.50 spend per person. So incredible numbers, perhaps a little bit softer than we thought, but I think that's really because we saw the demand being drawn forward earlier in the week. You know, we've seen that consistently, uh, and I think everyone was forecasting and predicting this, and it's exactly how it played out, was that a lot of the deals started early. There's a lot of, I think, anxiety, especially with the, if you like, the second wave of lockdowns happening about making sure that the things that we want, we can get hold of. A lot of concerns about inventory availability and missing out. Also concerns about shipping and and, and deadlines and actually getting gifts in time before the holidays. So I think consumers, if anything, the last six to eight months of COVID has sort of taught us is that, yeah, we should be prepared for supply chain challenges. We should be prepared for shipping and logistics delays. So I think a lot of consumers were sort of pre-programmed themselves, if you like, to, to jump in a little bit early. That's a really a great point. It, it's been fascinating to see some of these 
very industry specific topics and challenges such as supply chain and fulfillment really be put into the mainstream. So now these are issues that are being talked about more widely. They're being communicated more frequently from the retailer to the consumer. I mean, I know last year we we saw a surge in in retailers really promoting shipping deadlines and things of that nature, but not to this level. So it's interesting to your point to see how those logistical issues are really being considered by the consumer more than ever. So that, that was a point I really didn't think about. Absolutely. And I think the challenge that the retailers have had is it's a constantly changing landscape. The ball is moving and it looked coming into you know the holiday seasons like malls would be reopened. That certainly we're not going to see sort of the mass gatherings that we would normally see on Black Friday. I think you know everyone knew that Black Friday would be a little bit different this year. But then really just coming into Thanksgiving, a lot of warnings from the CDC and from government as a whole on sort of really toning down that sort of traditional sort of Thanksgiving weekend. And, you know, certainly we're starting to see, you know, more more restrictions in terms of actually our ability to go to physical stores, but also I think just overall anxiety amongst consumers around their safety and, you know, the safety of their families. And so, again, gravitating back to sort of the behaviors that we've been used to early in the year of saying, hey, you know, let's just buy online. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know you noted that some retailers were really going all in on Black Friday messaging and starting promotions earlier the week of Thanksgiving. But I know like even from an industry perspective, we were hearing analysts and experts say like retailers really needed to start to spread out their strategy even further. Like people were talking about like Orange Sunday, the Sunday after Halloween kind of being the official starting point versus all eyes on Black Friday. I'm curious if that was reflected in the data at all, if there were any surges around that time, or if you kind of saw just like an even an even spread in online behaviors and demand, just given the context of the situation we're, we're in. I guess I'm trying to figure out what's correlation or what's causation, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I think one of the things that we, because we, we, we talk about all these different events, you're right, there's the sort of the Orange Friday, Black Friday, you know, we also have Small Business Saturday. And, you know, I think we've seen a lot of, you know, smaller businesses seeing sort of early success. If we compare to an average day last month during October, small businesses saw a 211% boost in their online sales over the past week compared to week in, in October. So, you know, I think there's been a lot of talk about, obviously, you know, the big retailers, the Targets, the Amazons, or the Walmarts of the world, incredibly well positioned to benefit from, from this pivot. But I think, you know, the, the small businesses have clearly had, had a successful week as well, which is fantastic news. But no, I mean, I think, you know, to your point, we saw a lot of Black Friday sales still being promoted as Black Friday, but it's almost a lot of the messaging that we saw was the Black Friday sale has started early. And in many cases, you know, they started a week early or five days early. And a lot of sort of early marketing, you know, email boxes being flooded with messaging around sort of the early availability of Black Friday offers. Got it. Got it. And, you know, we kind of have been alluding to the fact that we're navigating new peaks, new surges in cases, 
we were being basically encouraged to stay home or, or really rethink our Thanksgiving travel plans, which as I was seeing those announcements and, you know, what to do and what not to do for Thanksgiving, I couldn't help but think about couch commerce, which really came about when I started in retail about a decade ago, maybe eight years ago, I guess, by the time it really came about and, and was defined as couch commerce. And that was the idea of like, okay, after Thanksgiving dinner, everyone's on their devices and everyone's kind of shopping and, and in their own little world. I wonder if you have a take on the impact of more people staying home, canceling Thanksgiving plans or, or kind of confining their Thanksgiving celebrations to their pods, as we're calling them, if that has led to an evolution of couch commerce as a trend or or a shopping behavior? Like, did we see more people on their mobile devices because, like, they weren't being as social? I mean, it may be difficult for you to pinpoint, like, that. that's the reason why, but I'm wondering if you realized any interesting surges in, in mobile behaviors. Absolutely, 100%. So, I mean, let's look at sort of the, the, you know, the data first. Mobile dominated over Black Friday weekend and continues to dominate as we, uh, as we go through today. I think if we take a look at some of the mobile data over the last week, we're seeing over the holiday period, you know, 40% of all online sales have been through mobile. So that's 12% year-over-year growth. And the majority of visits to retail sites are now being driven by smartphones. So 60% of all visits coming from smartphones. So, I mean, I think the concept of couch commerce is, has perhaps evolved a little bit. We are stuck at home, so we're not at work, we're not traveling. So at first, this might seem a little counterintuitive. It's like, well, if we're not actually mobile, surely we should be spending more time perhaps in front of a traditional sort of desktop laptop. But the reality is that, you know, those devices are, are rapidly sort of, you know, going out of phase especially in, in the situation where we are stuck at home. There is less social interaction because, you know, we've got smaller family gatherings. We've only got sort of those immediate family members that we see all day and every day, and perhaps we're being less social with them. So, and it's not just the couch, it's it's everywhere. I mean, I think, you know, we had a lot of shopping that's done in bed as, as you know, people go to bed, but they're not quite ready to shut their eyes. You know, there's a, there's a lot of shopping that's happening in that period. And again, you know, that's almost exclusive to the mobile device. And uh, yeah, it's perhaps a sort of evolution of society but yeah, you know, we're, those social interactions have been happening in many cases, you know, they've been more focused towards mobile social networks, you know, following friends and family through mobile devices. And so intuitively, as it relates to, to online shopping, you know, that device is already in your hand, you're already on the couch, you're using it. And uh, like the, the mobile shopping experience has moved on leaps and bounds uh, over the last couple of years. You know, it really is just as easy, if in many cases easier and a better experience shopping on a mobile device than it is pulling out the desktop or laptop anyway. And I think the numbers reflect that. Yeah, it's not only easier. It's just that like my phone is always with me. It's right next to me on the couch. It's on my bedside. So like I find myself scrolling when I don't even have a goal or a need. I'm literally just using it as I'm watching TV. And I look at my phone, I'm like, I didn't even need you. Why am I doing this? It's an addiction. And, and we all get our screen time reports and, uh, you know, we kind of look at them and just pretend we didn't even see that we've got a, you know, 25% increase in screen time week over week. But I think it's, it's also that sort of immediacy, you know, at, at this time of year, when we're thinking about holiday gift buying, you know, that idea pops into your head. And and if you don't act on that idea instant, almost instantaneously and say, gosh, that's a great idea for Christmas presents, then the immediacy effect of having your 
your phone in your hand and being just be able to jump to a different tab in your browser and go look at that product and make that purchase decision versus sort of the old way, perhaps pre-mobile of I got to just remember to come back to this later, and and you don't, you forget, and 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 it bugs you a few days later. Gosh, I had a great idea that uh, of what I should get grand for for Christmas, but I've forgotten now. And so I, I think it's that that immediacy that's really played in the favor of, of sort of couch commerce and and mobile shopping. Yeah, and plus advertising is getting so sophisticated. It's like you're getting recommendations you didn't even think about. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'd be curious to do like a poll on people like. What was the most random thing you bought that you didn't even think you needed for, yeah. for a Christmas gift? Like, it's probably like a whole bunch of things because people are just trying to fill the time. But yeah, so Peter, I, I know we're chatting on Cyber Monday officially. It's about noon Pacific time. So I know the jury is still out on the full day of Cyber Monday, but we've referred to record-breaking numbers, staggering shifts in online and mobile behavior. So how is Cyber Monday in particular tracking so far? Like what, what are some of the key bullets? Yeah, so if we look um, tracking so far, we are you know forecasting that by the end of the day that it will become the largest online sales day in, in U.S. history, and we're you know we're forecasting by end of day today for you know, to be between 10.8 and 12.7 billion dollars of online spend. So that represents trending where we land between 15 and 35 percent year over year growth. If we think about sort of you know a lot of it's, it's a little bit, little bit like uh, like election polling in, in in many ways in that it's a little bit hard for us to sort of really nail down where, where we land in, in that range because a huge portion of the online spend actually happens very late in the day. We, we refer to this as the four golden hours of retail and it happens between 7 p.m. and 11 p.m. specific time tonight. Uh, and during those four hours, um, we bring in 29% of the entire day's revenue, so at least $3.1 billion. And, and it's really, you know, consumers sort of sitting, they're seeing the deals, they're thinking about those deals, they're making decisions. And then it's sort of, you know, that um, the reality kicks in towards the end of the evening that it's now or never, you know, those sales will end, the deals will be gone. And if there was, even if it's a little bit of uncertainty about is this the right product, it's sort of like, you've got to make that decision now. So during that sort of the, the peak hour we see will be between 8 and 9 p.m. Pacific tonight, where we're forecasting uh, $13 million will be spent per minute. So again, just, you know, that staggering, uh, staggering sort of, you know, statistics on, on the scale. That's fascinating. So it seems like every bit of time counts (laughs) this time of year. And I'm I'm sure you can't make any firm predictions right now for what's to come or how the rest of the season will shake out. But based on the results from Thanksgiving weekend so far, what we've talked about today, are there any key insights or things you think all the retail executives listening right now could and should expect? I mean, I think it's safe to assume that the digital shift will continue, but will it at the rate that it is thus far? I mean, I I guess I'm curious how long this type of demand will continue. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, like I said, the, you know, the pendulum has, has swung and it's very much stuck in the favor of, of digital. Hopefully by the end of day today, we'll be able to sort of refine what our forecast is for sort of the remainder of the holidays. And, and we sort of uh, put the stake in the ground at the end of December. But our current forecast is saying that, you know, once Cyber Monday is complete and, you know, we'll see between 10.8 and 12.7 billion spent today, but there's a remaining 180 to $200 billion that will be spent through December as we go into December 1st. And, uh, you know, 
through to the end of December, you know, there's another 180, 200 billion dollars that US consumers will spend online. So by no means are we done or dusted. I mean, we're, we're past that sort of peak area when, when a lot of the, you know, the deals and discounts are, are available. And as we track further into December, a lot of those deals start to, to go away. There's certainly further constraint on, on supply and availability and, and further constraint on uh, certainly, you know, physical shipments to the home. But this is really where curbside pickup really kicks in. And I know, I know we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a moment. But uh, no, I mean, uh, very strong growth, you know, forecast, you know, right, right through to the end of the holidays. Great. Yep. To the end, Peter, you kind of talked about things to do, what should be at the top of retailers' checklist, so to speak, to continue to maximize holiday opportunities. Are there any last-minute reminders or, or best practices for the retail executives listening right now that things that can be, I guess, stood up relatively quickly or, or optimized a little bit more just so they can get the most value out of this crucial time of year? Well, well let's talk about curbside. I mean, if, you know, like if, if you don't have a curbside strategy, it's probably a little bit late to implement that. But uh, in terms of continuing to to focus on it and optimize it if you do have it. We've seen some really interesting data. Curbside pickup options have remained incredibly popular amongst consumers who, you know, really avoiding physical stores. They're worried about shipping delays. They're worried about exposing themselves uh, to unnecessary risk as we sort of well into the second wave of, of the virus. So over the holiday weekend, we saw a curbside pickup, so 67% year-over-year growth. And the, the share of orders at retailers who are offering it at around 23% versus 15% last year. So listen, not, not every retailer has been able to operationalize and offer curbside pickup, but it's a lot more prevalent and available than it was this time last year. And we're certainly as we move closer to Christmas and in, in you know in the days leading up to Christmas, we expect this to increase to over fifty percent uh, in terms of the number of retailers that are actually offering curbside pickup. As we sort of get past those sort of last shipping deadlines, or at least the last free shipping deadlines, where you know it starts to become very expensive to get that expedited shipping in times for Christmas, you know curbside pickup is going to become sort of the not only the preferred but the the predominant way of getting and receiving those online orders. Yeah, I agree. There's so much opportunity in that space. It'll be interesting to see what type of innovations come out of curbside, you know, what retailers are doing to maybe make those experiences a bit more seamless or, or maybe even a bit more enjoyable. I mean, right now it's still very much get the experience stood up, help people feel safe and confident in the experience. But I guess the jury's still out as far as how that trend will evolve. But Peter, really appreciate you taking the time out. Again, we always rely on Adobe Research to really gauge, you know, consumer behavior and also what retailers can do to better serve them and build that loyalty and maximize those revenue opportunities. So really appreciate you taking the time to walk through this week of research with us. What else is to come from Adobe and where can folks go to to get updates? I know you guys are basically everywhere, but are there any other key updates that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, so at the end of day today, you know, and into tomorrow, you know, we'll publish, if you like, the, you know, the findings uh, from today, as well as a summary of the, of the findings from, from the overall weekend. And, and then, you know, we continue to, you know, to publish updates as we go through December. And then, you know, we do a, an overall sort of holidays recap when we get to, to the end of December. And I think that's very useful for, it's going to be especially useful this year for retailers as, as they go into 21. And we're just in uncharted territory here. You know, we've seen this tremendous growth, unprecedented growth in online sales as a result of COVID. And retailers have adapted incredibly well. But now as we go into January, we're into sort of the planning session for 21 and, and we start immediately, you know, pivoting and thinking about technology investments, about supply chain and inventory investments for 21. And there's going to be a lot of questions around 
it all comes back to this pendulum, is it even if we get the vaccine rolled out and we start to see more sort of permanent reopenings, I think the question on everyone's mind is, 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 that, is this pendulum going to shift back a little bit and are people going to start flocking back into the malls and stores or is this shift fairly permanent? And, and I think, you know, a lot of the data that Adobe will publish on, on sort of the overall post-mortem of the holiday period will be, you know, incredibly helpful for retailers as they go into that planning sessions and, and start thinking about what does 21 look like. Yeah, great point. And I can't even believe that we're talking about 2021 strategy. I feel like 2020 just happened. This whole whole year is a complete blur. But some great closing points there, Peter. And as always, thank you again so much for taking the time out. I truly always enjoy catching up with you and getting your take on what's happening in the industry. So thank you again so much for uh, taking the time out to chat with me today. Yeah, thanks for having us, Alicia. Much appreciated. And as always, thanks everyone out there for listening to today's episode of Retail Remix. Just like the Adobe team, Retail Touch Points is always hard at work to keep tabs on what's happening in the industry. And we'll have a lot of holiday updates, best practices, and case studies as they come out. So be sure to keep an eye out on uh, retailtouchpoints.com. And of course, subscribe to the Retail Remix podcast on your preferred podcast player. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, frankly, wherever else you listen. I know this is a shameless plug, but we're having some fantastic conversations with experts and executives like Peter here. And our goal is to make this an ongoing conversation. So we hope you'll join us next time. Thanks again, everyone. And uh, take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.